Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about marketing, how we can help and set up uh, marketing for small businesses. I am so excited to discuss this topic with RJ Hubert. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for having me, Anatoly. Um, you're doing great things on the internet, on YouTube, SEO Tools TV, and your Facebook channel is blowing up. So uh, very happy to be here today. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And you know, it's interesting that I decided to uh, to rebrand my name, SEO Tools TV, from uh, and right now it's unmiss.com. <laughs> you know, uh, the main reason um, it's not the first time when uh, I use rebranding because uh, uh, some names can limit your possibilities. And when uh, I cooperate with others, they uh, think that I provide only tools, you know, SEO tools. But it's not always the case because, yeah, I work in many different directions, uh, SEO and uh, uh, digital marketing. Um, in most cases, organic reach. Okay, uh, let's start from uh, your experience and background. Yeah, happy to. So I'm a lead generation expert. I live in the world of digital marketing and digital marketing can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. It could be building websites. It could be email marketing, uh, maybe designing logos and graphics could be lumped into that. But uh, my niche and dedicated focus is search engine marketing and social media advertising all around lead generation and sales, because at the end of the day, you need to have revenue coming in for your business. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Okay, uh, can you uh, tell from your experience uh, where are, why most businesses fail online? Uh, uh, why they can't get results? For example, uh, I often see when uh, new businesses, small businesses try to overcome big competitors in the top 10 or on social media, but uh, it's hard to do it. These uh, brands have uh, trust, authority, exper- expertise, uh, big budgets. It's hard to, to overcome them. And uh, uh, I usually lead them in the right direction. Uh, I'm trying to explain that it's better to find their gaps uh, or uh, some flaws or what topics they ignore and jump there uh, and uh, yeah, it's better to ignore high volume uh, keywords and something like this can you provide your insights how small businesses can compete with big brands uh, if they <laughs> yeah if they so big i mean that's a great question and it's something you have to think about daily um the main thing i believe is to be you know um realistic with what you're going after and what you want to what you want to do um you know if your budget is relatively small pick the one item that you want to focus on maybe your one product that you want to showcase to the world and speaking on google ads specifically you know buy the relevant keywords add those um for your product um and if the dollar is really you know um what you're focused on, try to be conversion oriented, try to get those leads. Brand awareness um, is fine if you want to get your name to everybody, but people may forget about it. What do they say, Anthony? People need to see something seven to 14 times before they maybe make a purchase or even fill out a lead form. So um, try to get those conversion goals and optimize for those um, is how I would 
you know, steer a company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, available. And you know, uh, when um, I analyze some uh, online guides, they proclaim what you need to do to uh, uh, analyze your competitors by using SEMrush, IHRS, or uh, any many other similar tools. And uh, to uh, the main point to find uh, uh, where they get this traffic. You know, uh, I'm not sure it's a good approach for, uh, because, uh, for example, when uh, competitors provide some uh, marketing advertisement uh, sometime they usually highlight their strong sides and for me it's better to find uh, your unique selling proposition and uh, yeah to try, uh, try to take this approach uh, can you tell uh, uh, more about uh, how to uh, learn competitors how to analyze their insights and uh, where small businesses need to start uh, or some tools or online studies or uh, talking to their customers more insights about that yeah, I mean, you well, you I mean you really need to understand, you know, how you fit in the marketplace, and you need to look at what all of your competitors are doing. Some people try to be everything for everybody. I don't recommend that strategy. I recommend niching down um, and try to compete where your bread and butter is, where you know the industry ins and outs. Um, yeah, I mean that's a great question. Um, and, you know, sometimes I do like looking at, you know, HRFs and, you know, seeing the keywords and, and the tracking. Um, I do actually recommend that all businesses dive into content, blogging, try to get that visibility online uh, because that will only help with the paid side of things. Like I offer paid services and that's like flipping on the light switch, getting instant visibility, but SEO and the content is so important um, for the long-term, you know, health of your organization. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, personalization. Uh, today, uh, if we need to uh, get leads and sales, we need to personalize uh, customer's experience. How to do it? How to uh, know what kind of content customers uh, want to get and uh, how to convince them to buy uh, from your LinkedIn page? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great, great question. Um, speaking of personalization and um, it all, well, before you even want to personalize, you need to get your tracking down and understand how the customer and prospect is interacting with your business and your website. So for, first things first, I love Google Tag Manager. Um, I would make sure that's installed on your website. Make sure um, you have all your relevant tags from your LinkedIn, your Google, your Facebook, um, et cetera. And then you start analyzing the traffic to your pages. So say you have the top three, five pages on your website. You know, you can track all the visitors to that site. And where it comes down to personalization is... Um, if I know that these people have been to the site, I can customize the messaging um, and like a retargeted ad display ad across the Google display network or um, even on Facebook or LinkedIn. So um, I don't know. What do you what do you like to do about personalization? How do you like to incorporate it? Uh, you know, it depends. I usually uh, try to simplify uh, customer experience and uh, analyze what kind of uh, 
uh, not benefits, it's more about, uh, you know, uh, we are working in uh, organic reach to try to get this traffic and uh, we usually uh, analyze uh, how we can stand out from the rest. Because uh, in organic reach, if you want to get engagement and top ranking positions, you need to provide something new and unique. You can't uh, rewrite existing content. You can't uh, take their insights. Uh, and, uh, for example, uh, 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters. They usually uh, wrote about everything, all topics uh, that <laughs> I gave them. Today, uh, I have editors. <laughs> I have no copywriters in my team. And... Uh, but uh, I cooperate with editors uh, and uh, we usually are searching for uh, experts. If people can write about uh, topics when uh, they know about uh, target topics, uh, they can provide something new, unique, uh, and it's not related to copying others. And uh, editors can simplify this experience, you know, to analyze. Uh, because, uh, for example, I often get texts when uh, uh, experts uh, have no experience with writing, you know. They usually write uh, something, but it's hard to read. And editors uh, can uh, simplify and explain mm -hmm. in other way. Uh, and yeah, uh, we use some landing pages. We analyze competitors, uh, and, uh, check out their landing pages and think how we can personalize the experience. For example, uh, it's not only about using... Uh, uh, their interests uh, or something like this. It's more about uh, uh, know, knowing your uh, customers uh, and uh, what kind of content they want to get. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, do you have some experience with uh, IE uh, and what do you think about IE in, in marketing today? IE, Internet Explorer? Yeah. Uh, artificial intelligence. Oh, oh, okay. Artificial intelligence. Um, yeah. Yeah, so absolutely um, on the Google side of things um, with Google search ads. So um, in a lot of the ads that I run, um, we have responsive display ads, responsive search ads. So you can have a combination in the search side of things, like 12 to 15 headlines for um, descriptions, and it mixes and matches, and it uses that artificial intelligence to see what people connect with and best respond with. And then it showcases that combination to more people. Um, same with the display ads. Um, I use that a lot, responsive display ads, where you can pick, you know, 8, 10, 12 different images without text. And it co combines headlines and descriptions with those images. And we're seeing great results. Um, you know, before, uh, before this responsive movement, uh, it was just called an expanded text ad. It was just something that the editor or the um, creative person wrote thinking, you know, let's test my thoughts and who, you know, I can only think of so many things and ways to describe a product, but Google can optimize and use that machine learning to really showcase the best of the best. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, a new project. For example, if, uh, someone uh, wants to launch uh, new products and uh, how uh, new businesses uh, need to look for leads. Uh, for example, we have different directions, organic reach, uh, paid marketing, and uh, to buy leads. What do you think about all these approaches and uh, where you feel uh, more confident to provide great results uh, with different directions yeah well that's i mean that's a great question Antoli. um so what what i like to do where i start 
um, if we want to start marketing a new product or service, um, I go to Keyword Planner on Google mm -hmm. and I try to understand um, what keywords people are searching for, the search volume, the, the cost per click. Um, and that gives me a great idea of what's happening online. I mean, Google uses historical search data. So that's where I start my, my thing. Um, you mentioned purchasing lists. Um, personally, I am not a fan of that. Um, I know it can work. Um, it's not an approach I take necessarily. Um, I know a lot of people do it for direct mail. Um, and people are kind of, you know, resigned to the fact that direct mail only gets like a one to maybe 3% response rate depending. Um, and they kind of accept that fact. Um, but I don't, I don't purchase lists. Um, and I don't spam, um, mm -hmm. on email. Um, but some people do, some people have success with it. Um, and it really is up to you and what you prefer. Um, do you ever purchase lists and use it for marketing? Oh, uh, no, no. Uh, I never, I never, uh, I usually, uh, no, no, mm -hmm. I, even one time I didn't do it. Uh, we used to do that. Um, I used to work in the financial services industry, um, mm -hmm. And we were marketing like mortgage products, car products, and we would purchase lists for that. Um, mm -hmm. And they would use all this data that they collect from different sources, looking for people in market for financial services products. And you'd buy that list and, and, and mail things out. Um, and, it, and it has worked, especially the main thing at the end of the day is your offer. If you don't have a sick offer um, or a great product, no one's going to come knocking on your door. So, uh, you know, uh, you remind me when uh, someone asked me, can you sell uh, your uh, list of emails from uh, my event? Uh, I hosted event on August 24 uh, with many great speakers. And that was interesting because I set up this uh, event on LinkedIn uh, and uh, uh, I didn't ask emails uh, when you attend this e event. But uh, I got a few requests and they asked me, please provide the list of this 45,000 attendees. I told them uh, I, I have no their emails. Wow! How you... <laughs> because in most cases, when you uh, host events, uh, they usually uh, fill the forms with emails, but uh, I didn't use this approach. Uh, um, yeah, I just decided to share everything for free, you know, because that was my first event, uh, first experience. Uh, it's interesting. I didn't know how to host any events. I didn't know anything about promotion events. I just decided to analyze uh, how I can uh, do it, how uh, which results I can get. Yeah, that was a good experience. Uh, uh, possible I'm going to launch one more time, but I don't know when. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I like um, I like that approach. If if somebody attends your event virtually or if you maybe are a speaker at a live event, um, I'm not against uh, emailing people after that fact because in some respects they've opted in, they've attended the event, they've clicked accept and all of that. So I'll, I'll do that, but um, I'm not selling my list of, of lead inquiries. I'm not doing any of that. That's just, I think it's bad practice. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't do it because uh, it's interesting that on LinkedIn, uh, you know, uh, I didn't find these features in my uh, 
scheduling tool. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I ask uh, LinkedIn support about this, because uh, I saw some uh, um, some events uh, uh, have this feature, they reply to me that you need to submit additional forms, you need to wait, something like this, you know, and yeah, I, I leave it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah no, okay. You mentioned you mentioned something um, that I was thinking about recently about do I visit competitors' pages on LinkedIn? Um, I I do sometimes. I I do it to see are they posting regularly? Are they active? I also like to see who works at the organization. Um, I just I think that's interesting um, if they have a bunch of employees and you know what kinds of people you know work there. Um, it can give it can give you a heads up. I mean, the number one place, though, I mean, you have to be checking out their uh, website and mm-hmm. um, their maybe their Google My Business. That That's a big opportunity, by the way. Um, Google My Business for lead generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, my recommendation for anyone out there, uh, you know, post regularly, um, post pictures, post updates about your organization. Uh, make sure you have all your services or products there. And um, definitely try to get as many reviews as possible. Google makes it really easy. They share a link. Just email it out to everybody that has, you know, in, uh, acted with your organization and start piling up those reviews because, you know, reviews equals trust. Trust equals more people that will likely do business with you. Yeah, I agree. Love it about trust. Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, can you tell uh, more about um, keyword research? For example, you found a, a list of keywords. What's the next step to filter out, to group them, uh, to choose priorities? Share more insights about that. I mean, that, that's a great question. So, um, I mean, so when I do keyword research, I'm doing it at the ad group level. So I'm already thinking. So for those that don't know, the campaign level is just high level. Um, just a high level example is just shoes. But at the ad group level, that's when you start narrowing it down. New Balance, Nike, Reebok, Puma. So say I'm doing a Nike ad um, for shoes. Then I'll, I'll go into the keyword planner and type in like you give like examples. You give maybe five or six examples. Nike shoes, um, Nike clothing, maybe uh, Nike shoes for hiking, whatever you want to do. And then you hit, you know, that click button. Um, and it gives you all the results, the search history. Um, what's great about it is you can narrow it down by location too. So if I'm, if I'm going after the whole USA, I can look at search volume or just in a particular state or city. Um, once I have my list of say it's a thousand keywords for Nike shoes, that can be very overwhelming. Google only recommends 15 to 20 keywords at the start of a campaign, um, per ad group. So Um, I would go through and manually sort from like average search volume from like highest to lowest. And I would pick the the best keywords in my mind. And then I would export that and then start building my campaigns around that. Um, That's just how I do things. Um, You can also look at the average cost per click on the low end and the high end and competitors. So you can see if you have low competitors for certain keywords, that might be a very good place to start because you might get a cheaper click. You might get more narrowed and a niche audience. Um, it really depends on your goals and what you want to go after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, let's talk about um, 
buying persona. For example, you have the list of keywords, you are going to use them, you, uh, uh, you have priorities and choose uh, with uh, low cost per click. Uh, what's the next step? Uh, how to customize a buying persona in Google Ads? Well, that's a great question. Um, you can do that by audiences. Um, so audiences, you can look for people in market for your products and services. So um, I highly recommend you click audiences and then you can start building it out. Um, use that browse function and you can look at people. I'm going to use the financial services industry again, for example, because I do a lot of work with credit unions. Um, you can look people that are in market for financial services, in market for mortgages. And all of this data is based on their previous interactions online, their previous searches, the previous websites they visited, the previous things that they clicked on. And Google knows that these people are doing research and they're higher, more highly uh, able to convert to a lead. Um, so start building out your audiences um, so you can do targeting that way. Um, another personalization thing that you mentioned so start looking at your demographics in the ads. So you can get pretty niche down. If, you, if you're only going after the 18 to 24 crowd, you may want to use certain words in your ads that might connect with them more than somebody who's age 65 plus because they are used to a certain way of communicating. So that's just something to think about as well um, when you're doing your marketing. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, you know, when... when um... I usually get information about paid marketing. Uh, um, we discuss two platforms, Facebook and Google. Uh, in most cases, other platforms are ignored. For example, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Yeah, we, we can set up uh, paid marketing there. But uh, in most cases, uh, Facebook and Google Ads. Can you tell why? Why uh, marketers uh, uh, jump with these platforms and ignore others? Sure. Well, the reason why everyone's on Google is because 90 to 95% of all searches take place on Google, which means everybody is on Google and using Google. Um, Facebook is probably the same way, but I think the reason why Facebook is one of the most popular is because of the targeting options. So targeting by interest, demographic, location, etc. cetera. Um, I think they ignore other channels. Like you said, um, LinkedIn is a great place to start if you're trying to hit certain businesses or certain titles or certain size organizations. But people need to understand in marketing, testing is everything. Just because everyone's on Facebook or Google doesn't mean you're going to get the best converting traffic from those channels. People might want to look at Reddit. They might want to look at Twitter. They might want to look at Pinterest and you can advertise on all those platforms. You can go advertise on Spotify um, and it's relatively cheap. So my recommendation is just because everyone's doing Google and Facebook, try a small percentage of your budget on other channels because you may get better results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, I remember when we started our campaigns in Google, uh, YouTube, YouTube, we got awesome results with YouTube marketing. Yeah, because uh, we compared uh, the cost per click Google ads and YouTube ads and uh, 
the difference was a uh, hundred times a lot you know yeah it's a big difference and uh, yeah, we got uh, awesome results uh, that was uh, three years ago today i don't know exactly about this difference it, it might be the case as well but yeah <laughs> uh, i i i really like uh youtube advertising um and for those that don't know that's you know managed on the google ads platform um what i really like though is the price for google or for youtube ads like i've seen the cost per view as low as like depending depending anywhere from like five cents to 15 cents um a view and people may have lower cost per views than that but like to showcase your brand your offer to quote unquote the right person at the right time for 15 cents a view is just it's so cheap even a 250 or $500 budget on YouTube is going to go a long way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, uh, our main topic about small businesses. Uh, can you tell uh, if uh, some businesses have a strict budget, uh, low budget, and uh, where they need to start? What to do first? For example, um, um, I remember when one business told me uh, that um, uh, their marketers tried to uh, set up a marketing base on LinkedIn and they failed. I asked the, how much uh, have you spent? They told me uh, $400. <laughs> guys you know you want to get results for 400 dollars without experience without uh, uh, hiring experts who who know this platform because i know many paid marketers don't know about linkedin marketing it's quite different with facebook and google ads if you have no this experience it's better to learn more uh, or uh, hire uh, and delegate this task uh, can you Tell what you think about uh, uh, low budget. Where to start if uh, very, very, very strict budget? <laughs> no, that's a great question. The first question I'm asking, what are your goals? Do mm-hmm. you just want that brand awareness? Do you just want somebody to see your name and your logo? Um, you know, who is your target audience? I'm, I'm asking goals, your audience, offers. And then I can recommend the best channel and best bang for buck. If your budget's low, I do not recommend spreading it out across three or four different marketing channels. Um, If your budget's low and you know your your goal and your audience, then you can make a decision. So if your budget's low, start with one channel and really narrow down your campaign tactics. Um, You know... And it's hard too, right? It's hard to say because I don't personally like to work with companies that are selling something for low amounts of money or if that service that they bring in doesn't net them you know, a large amount of money. I want to work with lawyers. I want to work with credit unions. I want to work with high ticket item organizations because those companies can spend more money to acquire the business. Um, mm-hmm. When you're selling a five or ten dollar or twenty dollar item, your budget you're gonna have to spend a lot of money to get a lot of orders. You may not see a return on your investment necessarily. Whereas if you work with a law firm and the average law firm client brings in a thousand dollars or three thousand dollars, they're not gonna have any issue spending five thousand dollars a month on advertising. So really, 
it just it just depends on the goal of the organization first and foremost mm -hmm. can you tell how to find these goals uh because you know uh, uh it's the case I, i often see when uh companies have no these goals <laughs> they want traffic they want sales they want have leads but they don't know what type of traffic they want to get how to get this list how to set up these goals and know the right direction i i like to um i like to show them like for on google i'll use google as an example um i'll show them the keywords that we would go after and the average cost per click so then i could say look if your budget is a thousand dollars you're only going to get a hundred clicks and if people convert i'll say a real 10 which is very unlikely that's 10 people contacting your organization does that make it worth your time does that make it worth your effort um i that's why i really like you know google ads because i can show them based on historical data what that what their average cost per click is going to be give or take i mean it fluctuates but um then i can show them the expected results based on their budget and that gives them you know a realistic look at performance um and i think you're being you know again trustworthy because you're showing them relevant data you're not trying to necessarily sway them one way or the other you're just laying it all on the table this is what it's going to cost to get this amount of traffic um and then you know you need to set expectations mm -hmm. uh you know when, when um uh sometimes i can see when businesses are not ready for google ads uh because they have uh poor content uh, landing pages uh i mean like low quality uh, and uh, uh, when competitors are strong uh, they have strong brand recognition uh, ctr uh, click through rate i mean like uh, uh, will be low as well and yeah google and facebook will charge a lot more for cost per click can you tell what to do then uh, do uh, these businesses need to stop with paid marketing and find other channels or uh, we can find some other directions that can help them? Potentially. So there, I, I have one thought on that one. So as a business owner, you're in your website every day. You're looking at it. It's very hard to take yourself out of there. So my recommendation, before you start advertising, send your website to five or 10 other business owners or friends and just say, look, click around, just take a look at my website. Does it read cor correctly? Does it look fine? Does it load fast? Are the images clean and nice? Take that feedback and then optimize before you start advertising. Mm -hmm. um, but then I was thinking, if your website sucks, if you have the worst website in the world, you can do ads that are mobile only and to call. So um, that's especially on Google. You don't need to send them to your website. You can you can take a lead form on your Google ad. So people don't even necessarily have to visit your website to enter that lead form. Also, you can do a, a call only ad. So they see your ad for your product or service. They can call you directly. They don't even visit your website. So if your website sucks, there are other workarounds. But that's why Anatoly, you need to talk to a digital marketing expert like yourself or HBT Digital Consulting, because we can show you different options. Yeah, got it. Yeah, valuable. Interesting. Uh, but, you know, uh, how to reach out five business owners uh, if they are busy? You know, uh, uh, today we have uh, 
opening rate in email, uh, personalized email, uh, 8% according to Brian Dean. Uh, when you send your website to five busy people, how to get their response, feedback, uh, uh, if they are busy. For example, uh, when um, we use in SEO uh, outreach, we usually uh, talk about uh, wishes of recipients, uh, their needs, uh, what kind of value we can bring to them. But if I ask them, please check out my website, tell your insights, what do you think about that? You know, uh, I'm not sure that I can get high percentage, you know. Well, can, can I, can, yeah. that's a great question. Can I be honest? Um, before you send that, can you look at my email? You should have been developing that relationship for one, mm -hmm. three, five months beforehand, picking up the phone. Hey, Anatoly, how are you doing? How's your business? How's your family? How are, how are you doing? You need to cultivate relationships. Relationships are at the heart of everything. That's how my company has grown is through referrals, networking, and relationships. So before you ask for somebody to do something, before you ask, 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 you need to give, you need to share, you need to show interest. Um, so those five people that you send your website to should already be on great terms with you beforehand before asking for something. Yeah, yeah, love it. You know, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, building relationships, it's uh, very important today, you know, because you can uh, spread out your message without having strong uh, network uh, with uh, related uh, people. Yeah, uh, can you tell how do you build relationships on social media? You connect with them uh, or uh, what kind of value can you bring to them uh, to build uh, these relationships? That's a great question. Um, so on the business side of things, if I see another business owner or another company doing great things, and if I want to know them, I'll reach out on LinkedIn. And mm -hmm. it's not a, I'm not asking for anything at the start. I'm not asking for their business or for an introduction. I'm not trying to sell them anything. It's a straight up conversation. Hey, this is who I am. This is why I'm interested in you or your business. You know, can you do time to chat? Um, I don't really do the coffee thing all that much. Um, the coffee meeting, um, it's, it's hard. People are busy. Um, you know, COVID is still a real factor for a lot of people. Um, and so I'll, I'll try to sit down on a virtual meeting like this. Um, I'll, I'll do phone calls. Um, you know, I'm old school. Uh, you know, phone calls still work um, and asking people how they're doing. And I think people still like that. Um, and I also text a lot. Um, are you into texting other people and other connections? Um, sometimes that's a very uh, easy way to get in with somebody. Uh, you know, I use uh, quite different way. I usually comment on their posts, you know, because <laughs> when you direct message uh, to anybody else, you know, they're busy, you know, and uh, what kind of Thing can I bring to them? But when they post on social media, on LinkedIn, I can check out their posts and I know what kind of uh, thoughts they have, what they want to share. And when you comment on their posts uh, to bring additional value, extra value, you can yeah get their attention. And that's why I got uh, uh, a lot of uh, valuable uh, connections. Uh, I just comment on their posts. Even I remember when uh, I tried to reach out to Lily Ray she didn't reply to me in my messages, but when uh, I commented on her post, uh, because usually influencers, they read their comments, they check out uh, and if 
they see that you bring additional value. It, it's not something like this that you write. Thank you, great stuff. It doesn't work. It's nonsense. Just bring additional value. Help their audience. Uh, provide some uh, valuable insights. And uh, don't talk about themselves because uh, users usually check out who helped them. Uh, if they check out, hey, by the way, it, does, it helps to build your network because when you get additional value, people open your profile and uh, they want to get more value. They want to get more support and they follow you. Yeah, That's Good such a great approach. comment. I love that. Uh, the idea of commenting um, and adding value is so important. And that's a great long-term strategy. Uh, I'm actually employing that right now. So there's there's other credit unions in the United States that I want to work with. And so I mm -hmm. find the CEO, the CMO, other marketing department individuals, I add them as a connection, but I don't direct mail them uh, right away. I, uh, I play the long term. I comment. I like just because I want them to start, you know, seeing my name, seeing my company. And I'm not asking them for anything. And it's just it's that long term strategy of building that trust, that visibility. And then maybe one day asking for a phone call, asking for an introduction. But it's a it's a long term thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, by the way, uh, it's the method to find leads on uh, LinkedIn. When you open uh, the job section, you can uh, analyze which companies are looking for uh, marketers, uh, you can analyze their requirements uh, and you don't need to submit your request if you want to uh, cooperate in different way, for example, if you are not looking for a job, but you can help them with providing your services and just comment on their post, provide additional value. And uh, uh, I remember when someone uh, replied to me, it doesn't work because he tried uh, a few weeks. I, I told him, no way, man, <laughs> it takes months. It takes months as anybody else, you know, anything else. You need to do it this job every single day. Just comment, comment, and don't wait for quick results. Uh, it's not about a hundred comments, a thousand comments. Right, right, right. Every day you can improve your skills with writing, by the way, because uh, uh, consistency uh, helps to improve yes. uh, your writing skills, uh, especially uh, in commenting. And uh, yeah, just uh, don't uh, chase only one company. You can find a hundred companies, uh, follow them and comment on their posts. Uh, analyze uh, if they are looking for a specialist in your niche. Yeah, just comment. Uh, and one day you can get their leads, their attention. And uh, you can comment on uh, company posts, on uh, CEO posts. Uh, uh, if you are talking about big companies uh, with uh, a thousand employees, it doesn't work. It's better to find some head of departments uh, or other responsible people because uh, yeah, <laughs> you can achieve a CEO of... Uh, that's so good. Companies. And that's so true. Um, I actually, I practice that um, and I did get an actual client, a long-term client from that. They were look. It was a law firm. They were looking to hire a marketing coordinator to bring in-house. And mm -hmm. I said, look, I can do all of your job responsibilities in, in probably a less salary than you would pay. Um, I need 10 hours a week and I earned the business um, when I was first starting out. And it was all because I responded to their job post. So it does work. It does, yeah. But it takes effort too. I mean, you just got to put yourself out there and you got to make connections and you got to hustle. But that's why entrepreneurship is so fun. I look at it as a game, uh, personally. It's not really about the money. Sure, the money's nice. I need to earn an income. 
but I like to challenge myself and I like to get more clients and I like to see if I can do better than I did the previous month. And it's, it's a game. I gamify it. And that's, that's what makes it fun. A hundred percent, you know, you, you make a point because uh, if you don't uh, like the process, uh, I'm not sure you can continue uh, this way because you burn out fast. Uh, just love the process. If you like, love to uh, comment, if you like to share additional value, to uh, chase your goals, uh, you don't wait for quick results because it's the same like playing ping pong or football or basketball. You don't wait when someone will pay money for your hobbies. It's it's hobby. If you don't feel that your job is hobby, then it's better to leave it and find something, another job. Okay, I have uh, the last question about your predictions in 2022. What will uh, work in digital marketing? Uh, because uh, I often get <laughs> this question and uh, uh, where it's better to learn more. Uh, about digital marketing blogs, YouTube channels, courses, your insights about that? That's a great question. And I actually, I have content that I'm releasing on my site, the 10 trends for crushing your lead and sales goals next year. But the one thing I want people to think about and really understand is tracking where all your leads and sales come from. Um, as a marketer, you need to understand what marketing channel is providing the most leads and sales for you and at what cost. Because then you can dedicate more of your time, effort into the channels that are working. So if you're not tracking, start tracking today. Start watching YouTube videos on how to install pixels, how to optimize your analytics, um, understand volume, cost per click, cost per conversion, and learn everything you can about pixels, about tracking, about tracking certain pages, tracking certain links that people click. Um, and how they're interacting with your business, because then you can create different marketing based on the actions that people take. Yeah. And predictions in 2022, what will work? What uh... video, 100% video. Um, you got to yeah. put more effort into video. Um, what I, what I've learned through my testing on Facebook marketing with video, you need to convey your big idea in five to 10 seconds. 10 seconds is actually too long. If you're not saying exactly what you want your market to understand in that first five seconds, they're scrolling, they're going down. So you need graphics. You need to be moving. Um, it's interesting. You got to have graphics. You got to be moving. You got to convey that idea in five seconds. Yeah, got it. Thanks a lot, RJ Hubertino. Yeah, it's a big pleasure to learn from you. And how people can learn more about you, follow you, reach out to you. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, visit hbtdigital.com um, on Instagram, on Facebook, HBT Digital Consulting. Thank you so much, Anatoly. I'd love to share your content and your information. Um, and I really appreciate this. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Google, Apple, Spotify. Thanks a lot for your time. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.